series on uh, Galatians, uh, at least we have learned from last several times, that um, Galatians are somewhat unique people. They have this blood or this culture uh, of Celtics. Uh, they're the people who many, many years ago uh, migrated from Central Europe and uh, went to uh, the um, uh, island and England and France and occupied some portion of uh, Spain and out onto uh, even Turkey in what is now known as Galatians, or at that time known as Galatians. And it's basically because at that time they were, um, uh, they were bold, they were the warriors, or uh, uh, the Greeks uh, called them barbaric people. You know, just very simple-minded, wild, and ready to uh, conquer whatever, and they're very simple-minded. Uh, so we have been studying about Galatians because Paul was preaching and trying to teach the Galatians about the importance of faith and importance of a law just as well. Ultimately, he's really describing about the grace of our God. So through our study, chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3, we learn that we are saved and justified by faith, not work. So initially, Galatians received this gospel. But after a little while, when Paul was you know, traveling uh, through the Asia and, uh, and uh, his uh, uh, journey through uh, uh, the Asian countries. When he came back, he realized something happened. These Galatians uh, kind of took this gospel and twisted and focusing on the works of the law. And Paul was concerned and was alert in stating that you got it wrong, guys. You need to go back to the way I taught you some time back. And he was so concerned. And I suppose in those days, it's okay to say you fool. He says, you fool, Galatians. So here is the summary of, the, of it. Galatians 2.16. This is the one from the past uh, talk. Know that Man is not justified by observing the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by observing the law, because by observing the law, no one will be justified. So we got that. That's why we are all here. We understand that we are justified, we are saved by faith. We understand that. But then, what about the law? It's like, sound like we're not, the law is not as important as the faith. So today we're going to discuss about the importance, the purpose of the laws. So what is the law? Speed limit. This is my favorite example. So you have heard several times. Speed limit is a 55. Is that a law? I know we have a lawyer in the congregation. I suppose it is. But what was the purpose of that speed limit 55? That is the question.
Is the purpose of the speed limit 55 simply to go no more than 55 miles per hour? Or is it to catch us to find us so the government can make some money? Or is it to save gas? Or is there something else? Yes, there is something else. It is about safety. That law came about after an intent, a purpose was established. We need more safety in our highways and roadways. So what do we do to provide that safety? Well, one policy, one regulation, one law could be speed limit 55. What is then the purpose of the law in the Bible? The purpose of the law, the intent of the law in the Bible is to fulfill the promise God made to Abraham. It really has nothing to do with the law. It's the promise God made to Abraham. Abraham, that we will be heirs of Abraham's seed. And to be called his sons and daughters through Jesus Christ. That was his promise. And the law came afterwards. That was the intent. That was the promise of God. The purpose and his intent of everything that's in here. Two days ago, Friday night, I was having a dinner with one of my co-workers. She was a believer. Before the meal, I read the same uh, Bible verse that I just read and mentioned to her that, you know, this verse sort of sounds like that the law is not as important as the faith. And I asked her what she thinks of it. She answered without any hesitations, no, no, the law is just as important. And she continued. And it was so good that I had to write it down on my smartphone. Law does not define faith. But, she said, law is there to protect us. Law is there to grow us into faith. And God established the law for us to follow. We need the law to live, but we need faith to enter the kingdom of God. It's like entire Galatians like summarizing that four or five sentences. That's why I wrote it down. That's why I'm giving it to you. I was so astonished at her understanding of the importance of the law. So I got excited. I said, you mean it's like this? We are not going to heaven because of our parents, but we still have to obey our parents. She said, yeah. Just a little younger. She says, yeah. So during our series on Galatians, we settled that the importance of faith, not work. 
now that we settle that, let us look at the conclusion of the message behind Galatians to this point. Chapter 1 through chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, 26 through 29 states this. We are all sons of God. The key word, keep remembering on the son, that we are his offspring. We are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are what? Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. All that so that we can become heirs of his promise. Promise that he made to Abraham that I will bless all your nations and your people. Now look. We are all sons of God. We are all sons and daughters of God. But through faith, but through faith in Christ Jesus. And we're all in one in Christ. Regardless of who we are, what our background is. And referring to this seed, through faith, through Jesus, and through Believing in Jesus, we become heirs from Abraham's seed. In other words, we become Abraham's descendants. We're his children. What was God's intent? God's intent was stated through his promise that he made to Abraham that we will be his sons through faith. So that was the promise. That was the intent. So what's with all these laws? After the promise intent was established. And then we, we, here we are. We kept messing with our lives. Killing each other, discriminating one another. Just like we built highways with intention of going to one place to another place, like going one place to going to the heaven, but we didn't do it order manner. We drove crazily, thus speed limit was created. So after 430 years later that God made the promise to Abraham, which is to us, we were given the law by God. We call that the book of the law. Anything that's specifically stated in the Bible is a book of the law. And what did we do with the law? We twisted the law and added what we think are important. Like a circumcision is the one that Paul was brought up as an example. So we messed up. Then what happened? Then sometime later, 
when time came, when time was fully uh, uh, developed, then Jesus came to redeem, to redeem us, to redeem us, and to save us from messing up our lives. And a few years later, Jesus died and was resurrected. And the gospel of grace was presented through the Spirit. But the people still didn't get it. The Galatians were the same way. Listening to the false teachings. So Paul sort of summarizes his point pertaining to the law. The so Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 through 5. But when the time had a fully come, meaning that it's time for God to send Jesus to us. When the time had a fully come, God sent his son. Look what he did. Born of woman. Well, how else? He is eternal son of God, yet he was born of a human as a real human being. Then there's another phrase, born under law. To redeem those under law that we might receive the full rights of sons. The word sons are continued to repeat itself. Under law. Here's a hint of the importance of the law. He was born under law to redeem those who are under law. What is great about this passage is this. Even though as son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ never had to be under the law. After all, he is the one who wrote it. He is the one who created. Did you know that our federal government, the guys way at the top, the federal level, they create law, but you do know that they don't have to comply to those laws? Did you know that? And somebody's saying yes. Somebody said, well, really? I found out this when I was doing it in the late 20s, doing design. I knew my building code. So I had an opportunity to, change, uh, opportunity to design a courthouse. Courthouse is for federal level. So during the discussion, they decided to do something. So I said, uh, you know, there are all older people in the 40s and 50s. I'm like late 20s. I like, raise my hand. Well, I kind of uh, gently kind of say, well, what we just decided to do in terms of the design, it ain't going to work. Because it doesn't meet the ADA code, American Disability Act. And the, all the judges sitting there. And some of the engineers and architects who are more seasoned, who worked on the projects, who a government project more than I had. That was my very first. Looked at me as if I was a little naive, and I knew I was right. He kind of me, they kind of me, gave me one of the smirk face saying, the federal government don't have to meet those codes. I was shocked. 
I was completely and totally shocked. And yet, our Jesus subjected himself under the law. He didn't have to, but he subjected under the law so as to redeem those who are under law so that we might receive the full rights of sons. How did he do it? That's where the grace comes in. He lowered himself. Philippians 2.7 says, Rather he made himself nothing, to, nothing by taking the very nature of servant being made in human likeness, born of woman. He humbled himself like human being. And even as a human, he lowered himself. Born of woman, being a human, he put himself under law that he had made. Not like our federal government. The law that he made, he put under that. Why did he do it? He did so in order to magnify the law And bear its curse in his death. Isaiah 42, 21 says, The Lord was pleased for his righteousness' sake to magnify his law and make it glorious. God's intent is to magnify the law that he had created and also make it, not to poo-poo it, but to glorify it. And thus, he died. To bear its curse in his death. To magnify his law. So what law and curse are we talking about? So what law and curse are we talking about? It is law that God created. It is law that Jesus created. Here's the law. Galatians chapter 3 verse 10. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. As it is written, when the Bible talks about as it is written, it's referring to the Old Testament and take this seriously, guys. That's what basically what it means. Reciting it, the importance of it. It is written, curse is everyone who does, does not. It's important. The curse is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Wow. Here is the importance of the law stated black and white. It says if you don't continue to do everything written in the book of the law, you are cursed. If you go 56 miles per hour instead of 55, you are cursed. Who is not guilty of that? I am guilty 10,000 times over. We are all cursed. Now, before we move on, here's something we need to understand. There is the law, and there is the works of the law. What's the difference? The law is whatever is written in the book of law. The works of the law is basically legalism. It is a law that people created or twisted requiring the things 
that are not in the book of the law. The background here is that law here is not referring to the original intent of the law. But the ones that Israel have twisted law into legalism. And they changed it from its original foundation of faith. Fail to stress dependence on the spirit and turn this law into some kind of job description for salvation. Does the work, does the ritualism, such as believing in Jesus, isn't good enough? You also had to be circumcised. That's really ouch. It's not in the book of the law. That is not of the spirit. The, Paul, the point that Paul is emphasizing is that law, the book of the law, is what we must follow, not the works of the law. To take this further, we need to ask one profound question. When I ask you, why did Jesus die? Everybody knows the answer. But I'm going to ask that question, same phrase once again. Did you ever ask why Christ had to die? Most people would say, yes, he died to save us. He died to forgive us. He died to pay the price for our sins. Now, those answers are correct. But if you really think about it, think about it. They are the consequential answers or consequential reasons as to why Jesus died. That benefits us. So let me ask you a question. Why did Christ have to die? Why did he have to die to save us? After all, he's almighty God. He could, Jesus could easily talk to God and say, God, let's just give them a free pass. God, you know, it's really up to us. Just release them from their sins. And from now on, have them just believe in us that we are the God of a creator, and that I am your son. Now, God, that's our privilege. We can do this. Let us do it that way. One good example of that is in the power of the president of the United States of America. Did you know that? I'm sure you know this the power that's bestowed upon the President of the United States, he can pardon any federal criminals that he wants. President, the moment he steps in, he says, now, as the President of the United States, I have the power to pardon and forgive anybody that I want. 
Now, lots of big-time federal criminals were released. The president didn't have to pay for it. He just exercising his power, saying that I have a one-time power to release and forgive anyone I want. The point is that Jesus could have done exactly the same thing. Because he's God himself. He's the one who created. He could have done exactly the same way. But he didn't. To tell us the importance about the law. He obeyed the law that he created. He died because of the law. Not just to save us. That's a consequential benefits that we have. He died because of the law. He subjected himself to the law. Even though he was above the law. He died so as to magnify the importance, the purpose of the law. The law that he created when he was with God in heaven. Yes, he died because of the law. He observed the law. Jesus obeyed the law. He subjected himself to the law. He humbled himself and he lowered himself. Now verse 10 of Galatians chapter 3. Here's the law once again. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse, as it is written. Also, curse is any, everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. That's the law. Jesus subject himself to that law. He didn't have to, but he did. Deuteronomy 27, 26 says, It is not enough to keep the law for a day, a month, or a year, which we often do. One must continue to keep it. Obedience must be complete. It is not enough to keep just ten commandments. All 600 and some laws in the five books of the Moses must be obeyed. That's the law. The law is this. Curse is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. That includes ten commandments and six hundred some laws. The law of the book says that the penalty for curse and sins is death. Jesus kept the law. To magnify the law. We were the ones who were supposed to be cursed and put to death. He kept the law. Remember his intent of his promise? His intent, his promise was take us what? Take us back as his sons and daughters. 
So God decides to bear our penalty for death unto his son instead. Our God, our Jesus, kept the law. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 through 14, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone who is hung on a tree. That's how Jesus died. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that by faith, by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit that was given long, long time ago to Abraham. Why did Jesus die? To magnify the importance of the law. He did not ignore it. He did not avoid it. He submitted to the law. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. In other words, Jesus who was blameless took our sins so that we might be spared. What privilege do we have when we are saved and become the righteousness of God? We get to call our God, Abba Father. You know what Abba Father means? Abba is a title for God. It is used to address God in a very personal and intimate way. Before, God was far away from most people. From now on, he's just like your daddy. Abba Daddy. Because we are who? We are his sons. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 through 7. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of woman, born under law, to redeem those under law that we might receive the full rights of sons. Verse 6, because you are sons, we are his sons. He sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father, Abba, Daddy. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, daughter, God made you also an heir to receive the promise that God gave to Abraham comes to us. What has God done? He fulfilled his promise by uplifting the law, magnifying the law. He also took the burden of the law, the curse of the law. So that all now we have to do is to believe. And therefore, we are justified through faith. As I was trying to summarize this in one sentence, I wrote this down. We are not 
justified by law. That's just another way of saying it. We are not justified by law, but the law allowed justification by faith to be valid. We are not justified by law, but the law allowed justification by faith to be valid, valid because Jesus died under the law. After all this exhaustive explaining, Paul says to his Galatians, I am still a little concerned about you guys. I am a little concerned. Did you really get this? I want you to get this. And he says in Galatians chapter 4, verse 11, I fear for you, my brothers, that somehow I have wasted my effort on you. I don't read that as hopeless. I read that as Paul giving them confidence. Don't go back. There's only one and true gospel of grace. Don't go back. Don't listen to the false teachings. Don't twist it. There's only one grace. And return back to that grace. That we are justified through faith because our Lord has given himself under law so that justification by faith can be valid. So we are now called the sons and daughters of him. Let us pray. Father God in heaven, we thank you so much for